Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by the Well-Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come, while the podcast explores the impact of the passionate people working to make Edmonton that vibrant city. The Edmonton Community Foundation can help you create an endowment fund by yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. You can find out more right now by checking out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Our uh, whirlwind social calendar continues. (laughs) I know, suddenly we're seeing people again. Yeah, I mean, as things have become a little safer, thanks to caution and... Medicine. And medicine. And we've been kind of expanding our kind of like bubble, as it were. Uh, We've been a little more comfortable seeing people in the last few months. And vice versa. People are more comfortable being seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's turned into like... A whole bunch of making up time with just busy weekends to the point where our kids, I think, are getting a little tired <laughs> of all of the stuff we've been booking. But we've been happy to see people again. It's been real nice. Yeah. Just had uh, some friends over this past weekend for kind of a marathon of movies. Yeah. It's how one of our friends wanted to spend his birthday. So he came over. We popped in movies all day. The kids were pretty well behaved, all things considered. They watched a little. Mostly they played. It was just nice. It was nice to have people around. It was a very casual day. Went and had some brunch with friends on Sunday. Oh, yes. Was uh, was a delight. Yeah, I know. Being social. Who knew? I almost forgotten. Anita's a very social creature, so she's been starved for this for a while and, and has been just in her element the last uh, little while. It's It's been weird wanting to be with people, but being scared of being with people. Like, that's what the pandemic did to me. It made me scared to be with the people I desperately want to be with. Yeah. But it's it's getting better. It is getting a little better. Yeah. Right? We're all being very careful. We don't go out if we're sick. We trust other people will do the same. Indeed. And when you can, you see people, and it's nice. So nice. Yeah. And thankfully, we don't have to talk about being sick this week. Yay! We're all back to being healthy. Yeah. Little update on that. Turns out, uh, possible stomach bug, possible food poisoning. But we figured out where it came from because all of the other people who were at that thing also got sick. So <laughs> it was short-lived, thankfully. And and quite minor, yeah. really, all things considered. So. I know. Here I am talking about us being healthy and seeing people again. And then we caught something <laughs> well, I mean, going out to a place with people. That could have happened even in the before COVID times. Uh, so. It's true. Sometimes the stomach bug gets around. But anyway, I guess with all that said, we can just kind of like segue into our episode. Yes, let's. A little social update and then we talk about a book. We'll start with a brief recap of our previous chapter in which things go pretty poorly for Dom <laughs> as the entire island basically immediately sides against him when he is charged with multiple murders. So he does the incredibly brave act of taking Addie hostage with a weapon. When you say brave, you mean stupid, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, And then she capitulates to him and allows him access into the castle because she has the code. 
And when he was finally inside in his moment of triumph, he discovered that his magic ring doesn't work, and the other magic ring was a trap. And as that trap gets sprung, we go into chapter 26 of Questland by Carrie Vaughn. So as armed gargoyles start flitting about the courtyard, uh, the camouflaged invisible man throws off his cloak and dives at Addie to knock her down. And it turns out to be neither of the people that we supposed it might be. No, but I'm okay with it because it actually is very fitting. Like Rucker said at the beginning, like, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. He said that. And then he did that. Yeah. He literally threw himself in front of bullets. Real bullets? Yeah. Why did they have real bullets? That's a question that Dom actually has in this oh. chapter. Uh, and Addie has, what is the logical answer to that? The gargoyles like, start peppering the, the team with bullets. Uh, Rucker, as we as we mentioned, is the one who, who was invisibly following them in. He doesn't have his rifle, but he does have his sidearm. Yeah. So he starts pinging off a few of them. The, the drones kind of change tactics. And Addie this whole time is just like, Dom, we need to get in the castle. Like, we need to get yeah, out of the courtyard they're now. They're firing at us. We need to go. Dom discovers that there's a magic door that basically just happily chimes in with a with a nice British voice of, please say the magic word. So Dom and Addie then start, like, running through their minds of all of the magic words they can think of. Right. And uh, friend in Elvish. Yeah. Uh, abracadabra. Like, Anything, anything that comes to mind. And finally, Addie just is like, please, and the door opens. Uh, Which makes, again, perfect sense to me. Oh, perfect sense. But it's super frustrating in that moment because they are being fired upon. Yeah. They make their way into the castle, uh, and the door slams shut behind them. And Rucker is grievously injured at this point. He's taken multiple bullets for both of them, having been covering them with his body. I can't, I can't even with... What is happening? Addie is not okay with this. No, Nita was not okay with this. No. Rucker tries to soften this because he's aware of what's going on with Addie. And he's like, hey, listen, this is different. I'm a professional. I was doing my job. I chose to be here. I chose to do that. This wasn't chaos. It's cool. Just finish the mission. And then he... He either passes out or dies there in the hallway. Yes. And there's a really big part of me that's like, no, he's just in shock and he passed out, right? Like, it's not too late. They can save Rucker. Rucker's not going to die, right? I don't know. He might die. I don't know. He might die. And if he does, that sucks. That sucks a lot. Yeah. But it definitely shows what the stakes are here because this is a life or death situation. Dom is like, like, the island is supposed to be safe-ish. Like this, this, I don't know why the gargoyles are armed with guns. This doesn't make sense to me. And Addie replies like, you know, it makes perfect sense. Harris Lang knew you were going to try a coup. He and Arthur rigged the castle with deadly traps to stop you. Live ammunition? Live ammunition. Yeah. In drones. To stop Dom and his elves from taking over the island. Oh, there are better ways. That's also why I'm 100% certain it was a very simple password. Because Dom would overthink it. And he did. He did overthink it. And if Rucker hadn't been there, Dom would be riddled with bullets right now. He'd be dead. So would Addie. Yes. (laughs) She also wasn't supposed to be storming the castle. No. (laughs) So there's that. We did glaze over one thing, which I want to just circle back to real quick. During the initial fight with the gargoyles, uh, as Rucker starts pot-shotting some of them, Dom tries to use his wand on one, and it discharges 
like a Tesla coil, just like, and lightning goes all over the place. And he misses rather spectacularly because he can barely control it. And Addie is just gobsmacked and is like, you were holding that to my neck. Oh, I'd be so mad. There was a reason Arthur was scared of that, and now we know why. Thanks, I hate it. Just uh, basically a lightning ray, an uncontrollable lightning ray. But now they're inside the castle, and as the chapter title indicates, they have a dungeon crawl ahead of them. A couple things happen here. First off, they manage to kind of activate the lights, much like in the in the maze. Yeah. Earlier, they uh, they managed to get like torchlight going on. Dom is like, I don't understand how this didn't work. Like this this should have been a cakewalk. This should have been easy. And Addie is like, Are you really so dense? Like again, this was a trap for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was a trap for you specifically for you. And you walked right into it because again, Harris knew what you were about. Your ring didn't work because you're not Tess. You don't have the technical acumen to do it. And then you couldn't help but try the other ring. The ring that we now know- Blatantly a trap. Was a trap. So I'm I'm willing to surmise at this point that it was built by Arthur. And it was seeded so that it would make its way to Dom. So that Dom would think that Arthur had had a one ring built. Um, Yeah. But it was a trap. It makes sense. Yeah. We don't have a lot of proof behind that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Because it activated all of the traps in the yeah. in the castle. And now Dom is trapped in the castle with Addie. And the only way out is through. Yeah. Because the way back is sealed shut. And there's deadly drones out there. Yep. This sucks. Yeah. Now, at this point, Addie notes that Arthur's useless Triforce of Power is, in fact, not useless at all. It's, in fact, a very useful compass. Yeah, it's a transponder. It basically runs off the same technology that the spiders were running off of. In the maze. In the maze, which makes sense. Arthur's team built that. Yep. So they have basically a magical light that will lead them through the maze of the castle, so long as they stay on track. (sighs) And they do for a while, and it's surprisingly winding. And Addie's legitimately like, "Did did you make a castle that's bigger on the inside? And Dom explains, no, but we there's like overlapping passages and such so that it feels yeah. much bigger than it actually is. And it's much easier to get lost. It was part of the security measure. But again, like tourists are supposed to be able to do it. So it's not supposed to be deadly. Again, this is me pointing at the theme parking 101 book, except that's not at all what this is. No. Anymore. To me, this is like those old movies that prevented hackers from hacking into a system by getting them to play an elaborate video game. Yeah. It's not actually how it's supposed to work. No. It's just something creative, right, for a movie. Mm -hmm. That's what this feels like. It shouldn't be a maze. People shouldn't have access to it at all. There shouldn't be tricks. This is not how you run an island. No, this, like, Jurassic Park's control center is just in the basement of the visitor center in right? a in a an employees only section it's not through a maze filled with velociraptors right yeah the idea that someone has to work in a control room if this was in fact meant to be a theme park island which we are pretty sure it's not actually if it were can you imagine having to navigate a labyrinth every day to get to work well that's why you have your little transponder so it's real easy to do worst job Ever! Yeah, not great. Anyway, rant over. Carry on. They continue making their way through the castle until they finally come upon some very ornate doors. And Dom at this point is like, hey, 
We should check this out. I designed this. We should check this out. That's exactly why you should not go in there. And Eddie's like, this seems like a really bad idea. And also, the triangle is saying we should not go that way. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, you'll love this. And so she's nope. like, she relents and is like, fine. But she insists on checking the door for traps first. Like, she's been... She's been the marking, competent one this whole time. Marking walls and like scouring floors and checking for pressure plates on steps this oh, yeah. whole way. Looking for tiny switches. Because she was warned the castle is full of traps. And she's not as blasé as Dom is being about this because Dom is still working under the flawed logic that this should be easy, that there should not be danger here, yeah. that he knows what's in this castle, despite the fact that so far... No, no, that's not been the case. he's been, been proven case. wrong at every turn. At literally every turn. And Addie begins to get frustrated by this as well. We'll put a pin in that, though. I know. We'll, we'll okay. get there. Determining that the door is relatively safe, she agrees to go in, and they're greeted with, like, a big Beauty and the Beast ballroom, or, like, a chandelier and, like... Yeah, a ballroom. A, a wide-open, shiny floor. And Dom is like, you've always wanted to dance in a, in a glorious fantasy ballroom, even though it's anachronistic. I added it in for you. Well, he didn't. I don't think he said for you. But... No, but it's strongly implied. And she's just like, "Are you thinking we're going to dance right?" And did someone died downstairs like a minute ago. My friend. Yeah, and then the music starts up because, of course, the trap gets sprung. Of course, it does. The doors slam shut. Uh, Dom is immediately like, "That's not the music that should be playing. We should probably go." And then, like, Animal Man dancers it's... start coming out of like. Doors along the side? I, I got the impression that it was uh, like a masquerade-esque ball. Yeah. Right? So they're not animal people. They're automatons dressed in like animal masquerade. Sure. I, I was getting kind of like, but maybe it's because I was thinking of uh, Furstisher. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. they might actually be animal people. Oh, that's Like fair. it's it's masquerade-ish, but they are actually like beastmen. Oh, maybe. That's kind of the image I had in my head. But anyway, they start like dancing to the music and and looping around, and it very quickly becomes menacing. Yeah, like they're they dancing all... closer and closer to the two intruders. And they've all got like sharp claws, yeah. and blades, and are starting to like take swipes. And... Yeah, one of them like cuts Dom, and he's right? like, ah. So they bolt, and they manage to get across the room and out. And yeah. the and the animal dancers obviously don't follow them out of the ballroom. No, but they do uh, thump into the door. Yeah. And probably leave some deep gashes on the other side of it. Ha <laughs> ha! Cut to death. And again, Dom is like, that wasn't supposed to happen. And Eddie's like... No, duh! Again, you don't know what changes were made to the castle. You may have designed that room. Arthur's team changed it as a trap for you. And now, we're not in the right part of the castle, and Arthur's Triforce is no longer pointing us anywhere. It doesn't work anymore. You... So now we have to blunder our way through the rest of this maze. And sure enough, they come upon like three identical corridors, each more identical than the last, <laughs> and have to kind of figure out which one is right. And Dom ultimately is like, you know what? This one here has a big X on it. It kind of looks like the symbol for the entrance to Erebor, to the Lonely Mountain in The Hobbit. And what's in the Lonely Mountain? Treasure. So obviously that's the way to go. And Addie in the moment is like, okay, I suppose that makes sense. And it's only as they make their way down the hallway and hear a roar that she's like, oh, right, there's a dragon in that mountain. <sighs> that kind of encapsulates all of the action, the main action of this uh, chapter. Yeah. But I think there's a little more to kind of unravel. Oh, there's so much more to unpack. I want to circle back to the pin I put in about 
Addie's frustration with Dom in this chapter. Yes, let's. Because she actually calls him out for being a classic high intelligence, low wisdom character yes. in, during this dungeon crawl. And I was like, oh, Addie. Hello, hello, Pot. This is the kettle. Are you starting to understand Torres's frustration from <laughs> earlier in this book? Because I was amused by that comment. You're one to talk, Addie Cox. Because throughout most of the book, she was the one wandering into obvious traps because she could not help herself. While Torres was the one ripping out his hair saying, please stop. Please just stop wandering away. And now this is exactly what's going on with her and Dom, except she's the Torres and he's the Addy. Now, in her defense... There is a difference. Oh, it's not one to one, but it's very much her getting a taste of her own medicine oh, here. Oh, <laughs> yes, agreed. But Addie was wandering off and looking at things out of curiosity. Yeah. And in some cases, a desire to help. Dom is doing this out of ego. Yeah. Out of sheer ego. Oh, I designed this room. Let's go in here. No, dude. Now is not the time. He's like, no, no, I got this. Like, it's, it's, he's wandering through this, yeah, he's, through this castle being cocky and getting in trouble for it. He's less than useless in, in this moment. He's like actively acting against her. Yeah, he's an absolute load during this entire section of the, of the book. And you're right. It is his hubris. He showed up today. To the castle, expecting that not only would everyone on the island just happily hand it over to him, but that he'd be able to just walk in and immediately take control of the island. Yeah, because the only thing standing between him and the castle was the one door, apparently. And literally nothing has gone according to plan. Not even a little bit. And yet he's still acting like everything is going, like, I just need to turn this corner and everything will be back on track. Mm -hmm. He's unwilling to accept the reality again, mm-hmm. <laughs> that everything has gone wrong and he's screwed. Well, he even says at the very beginning, he's like, it's a dungeon crawl, Addie. We've done this lots of times before. And she's like, yeah, sitting around a table together yeah. with snacks. Death was not on the line. Right? <laughs> no one was threatening me with actual guns, actual blades. It's two very different scenarios. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's a game. I got it. I'm like, Dom, you're going to die. It's not a game. And this is one of the things that Torres was trying to impress upon Addie throughout, again, the first part of the book. It's not a game. There are lives at stake. People are dead. Mm-hmm. And Addie has finally clicked, finally clicked to that, which is why like, now the situation has reversed and her wisdom has gone up. She is a Goodness. wiser Addie who now recognizes the gravity of the situation and the danger they're in. And Dom is the one who's blithely, like, tralalying through like it's no big deal. Thanks, I hate it. It's frustrating. Very. Yeah. I do appreciate that she's, like, labyrinthing her way, except better, through their dungeon. Like, good, smart, yes. Using your noggin, Addie. Well, well done. She's, she's dungeon crawled before, as Adam has pointed out. Also, she likes the movie Labyrinth, and Dom does not, so... Do your research, Dom. Do your research. Something else about Dom that is reinforced absolutely in this chapter. Everything he says and does just serves to me to reinforce just how little he knows and cares about her as she is. He was very charming back in Riverhaven. He knew what to say and what to do and what to show her. It was all very rehearsed. And it was all with an eye towards seducing her. And I don't mean necessarily seducing her into bed. I mean seducing her to his side. Yes. Um, I knew what you meant. Seducing her back 
to him. But now he's out of his element. He's completely out of his element. He's scrambling. His plan is falling apart. And while he's still trying to be on her side, and he's still trying to be the charming elf lord, the mask is slipping. And it's becoming more obvious. Slipping. And it's becoming more <laughs> obvious to Addie how self-absorbed he is. Oh, yeah. Like the big thing right off the top is when Addie mentions Alex and Dora while she's grieving. Right. She goes back to her happy place mantra. Yeah. She remembers her friends. Dom is like, who? And she like wheels on him and is like, how dare? And it takes him a second to be like, oh, right. Of course. Right. Sorry. Something that's important to you. Right. Right. Never mind. Yeah. Like, you idiot. It just underscores to her how how little he cares about her personally. Yeah. He's, and we've said this before, he is in love with this idea of her yeah. that he has created. And if she doesn't fit into that box, he doesn't know what to do. Right? He doesn't know how to react. It's like, this is not how she's supposed to be. But it's the Addy that he's created in his mind that he's madly in love with. It's his little prize bird to go in his pretty gilded cage. And she doesn't fit that mold anymore. Right? That's not who she is. But he doesn't care. No. Like, I realize that it is very, it's a very rudimentary explanation of it. But she is supposed to be his prize. And he thinks he cares about her and he thinks he loves her. Yes. But that's not what this is. No. Because relationships are two-way, and his relationship is very one-way. Yes. Yes. Rant that over. Is, that is a good way to explain it. That is an excellent way to explain it. Yeah. I actually wrote myself uh, a little note that I got from <laughs> a completely other piece of media that is entirely unrelated. But somebody said this, and it really resonated with me when I was reading the book. It reminded me of it. Love without maturity creates passion without perspective. And I think that's what Dom has here. Because that's... That's what I thought of. Like, he thinks he loves her, but it's not its not a mature thing. Well, he's not a very mature character. No, not a, really. A mature character doesn't uh, earnestly say, I deserve to take over this island. Ugh. That, I deserve ugh. to be the boss here. The giant red flags that went up when he said that. Yeah, that's, not, that's not a mark of maturity. No. But passion without perspective. That's what he has. He is terribly passionate oh absolutely you can't can't hold a candle to him when you're talking about his passion he's surgically altered his body yeah he's passionate about the island he's passionate about addy i would say he's passionate about his work on the island right he's passionate about all of it but he's lost his perspective completely completely he's absolutely untethered from reality yeah and even if you change the scope of that when we're talking about addy their relationship is not mature and it's not going to mature because it's one-sided. Yeah. Right? So he has lost his perspective on Addie. Well, because Addie has matured in a way that he hasn't. Yes, exactly. He he has remained stunted and she has grown as a person even since the last time they were together. Even giving him the benefit of the doubt that he has also matured just in a different way, right? And they had grown apart, Mm -hmm. right? He still lost his perspective on her. Because he went one way and she went another. But he's clearly not, I keep, I hate to keep using the word mature over and over again, but he's clearly not developed enough to understand, right, that they have grown apart, that that she is now a different person. Yeah, the fact that they've been apart for a few years to him is just a blip in their relationship. I guess. Just, Just a little unfortunate hiccup in what was their perfect little fantasy romance. Yeah, 
Except that Addie wants and I believe needs to move past that. Oh, yeah. Right? We had this whole discussion about what Addie wants versus what Addie needs. Yeah. Right? And I think she's actually on her way to getting that. And Dom's like, no, no, no. I'm going to be over here with my wants. Getting my wants. Yeah. And it's just not compatible anymore. He doesn't see it. No, he doesn't. And he's probably doomed. Probably. Because if he's continuing to blithely blunder his way through stuff, I don't expect that Dom is going to uh, survive to face justice. We'll put it that way. Well, that would be unsatisfactory. Yeah. Also, I am on board with that, though, because I don't like the idea that anyone's going to die on this island. That's not cool. I mean, you're still holding out hope that... I'm still holding out hope that, that Rucker's Rucker, is, in fact, okay. That Rucker will, will somehow pull through. I mean, they have a competent medic, and they have that healing salve. Who knows? It's possible that they might be able to stabilize him. Maybe. Fingers crossed. But, I mean, I, I'm not holding out hope. I think poor Rucker was the sacrificial lamb to indicate how the stakes have been raised, and there is now very serious danger. Thanks, I hate it. And he was, from a narrative standpoint, the most disposable of the mercenaries. He was the muscle. Still hate it. Yeah. Sorry, we spent a lot of time with these characters at the beginning of the book. We got to know them. Like, yeah, Rucker's the jock, but I don't think he deserved to die for it. Yeah. And, I mean, Addie was warming up to him because it turned out that he had a little bit of depth. Yeah. Addie has a great line in here that I think beautifully sums up (laughs) where she is in this chapter right now. Like she's this is her own personal hell. <laughs> her ex is beside her. Oh, oh, and there's a dragon in it. Well, of course there is. Her ex is beside her and has designed a world which he thinks is perfect for her, which is in fact trying to kill her. Trying to kill her. It is a bespoke hell for yeah, her. It is. And there's a dragon in it. And there's a dragon <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I and not the friendly dragon from from the shores. No, from the sounds of it. No, this sounds like a much meaner dragon. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Ha ha. Yeah, this seems like a, a good enough place to end things off. I think we've we've discussed all of the pertinent stuff that I'm needs done to ranting for this episode. Uh, so we'll see if there's more ranting needed in chapter 27, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. We're actually coming up on the end of the novel. Yes. We're just a few chapters away. That's true. Uh, so now might actually be a good place to mention to anybody who's just joining us for the first time that when we do the last chapter, that's that's the last regular episode for the book. And then we go full book club. We do one final analysis episode where we take in the whole book in context, discuss its themes, speculate on stuff, and and do the full book club experience for you. That'll be the last episode for this book. At the end of that episode, we also announce what our next book will be, and then we launch right into that the following week. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! So, something to look forward to as we uh, come up on the end of Questland. But again, you'll want to read up on Chapter 27 in time for next week. In the meantime, you know... Utilities. I don't know. I couldn't think of a good segue there. Uh, but uh, Park Power has been a longtime sponsor for the Alberta Podcast Network, and uh, they would like to tell you about some stuff through the medium of Anita. I'm channeling Park Power. 
This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing and you can feel good knowing you are helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Yeah, Park Power. Woo! Uh, We use Park Power. We're pretty happy with them. Yeah, we do. To date, so uh, we can give a personal recommendation. We switched to Park Power, and it it actually was quite easy. Uh, You can check out more about them and, of course, all of the other member podcasts of the network right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. If you find another podcast there worth your time, you'll be able to find it probably on your podcatcher of choice, which is probably where you're catching this old pod. That makes sense to me. You could give us a little rating and review that helps us out. Yeah, and we appreciate it. You could also reach out to us on social media. Absolutely. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those. Yeah, you can send us an email. Sure. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. There will be dragons! Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>